My name is Maui. Natives call me the Mighty One. I tamed the playful sun and gave my people time. Now they set their clocks by mine, for I am Tropic Standard Time. Isn't it Pacific Standard Time? Uh, oh, wait, or no, Hawaii's on a different This was a show from 1963. I'm not sure how. There's a lot of things that you could say are inaccurate about this particular spiel. But it is, it is the first time Maui was featured in a Disney thing, if you think about it. In a Disney ride, yeah. Yeah, we had all, a lot of the Polynesian uh, gods in that one. Hmm, I wonder what this hints to what movie we're talking about, David. Well, it's not like people haven't seen this one coming, but yeah, that's fair. What are we talking about, Kayla? Oh, well, we probably should do introductions first. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Anna Musings. This is a very particularly interesting episode for me because many, many years ago, well, tell you what. Many years ago? <laughs> yeah, this rate. Well, I'll get into that in just a second. I am your host, David King, as joined by, as always, by my lovely partner and co-host, Kayla. Hello. And uh, joining us are our frequent, is our frequent guest, Sade. Hey, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we actually have a second guest uh, who is actually returning for a second time. Uh, she joined us for Pocahontas and now she's back again. Ravel. Hello. Good to have you back. Good to be back. I love the fact that um, with po- we're talking about one indigenous tribe and now talking about <laughs> <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. and we are doing 2016's moana oh my gosh we're almost done well yeah that's the crazy thing the reason i, I was about to say was many years ago when we started this podcast remember this was the newest disney movie that's when right. we first started animusings we our old trailer which still comes up on a few benview podcasts actually has that whole thing about from snow white to moana and beyond because it was again newest thing and now here wow. we are like almost six years removed from that which is crazy five well uh, well from from moana from moana did we start this podcast in 2017 we did oh my goodness yeah wow <laughs> it's, it feels like geez that <laughs> so i guess i'll get into the quote-unquote history from you know seven six seven years ago there's still history i mean we got to talk about the production history that's important mm-hmm. we have our directors ron clements and john musker returning all right this is probably going to be in good hands then yeah so they just finished directing uh princess and the frog and they decided to delve into another project you want to know what that project was uh enlighten me it's not moana <laughs> not yet okay i figured it was something else so they were working on a adapting a book into an animated feature. Oh. This book is Mort by Terry Pratchett. Wait, what? Yes. Are what? I, yes. Ah! Yeah, that that Mort. Oh, that would have been so cool. Oh, that would have been so cool. So for those who don't know Mort, the story Mort is about a guy who becomes an apprentice to death and ends up becoming I, I basically falling in love with a, a woman along the way but there's more to it than that because it's also it's, it's terry pratchett it's Discworld. yeah oh man i thought he was gonna fall in love with death for a minute there i got excited i got excited yeah okay well obviously <laughs> that's what we're gonna be working on yeah <laughs> well this isn't the adventure zone we don't have anybody dating death yet but you know yeah well, that's all Oh yeah, if you guys want a recommendation, The Adventure Zone, listen to the balance arc. There is a male wizard who falls in love with a male death. So I really recommend that. Highly recommend. There's gay stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say I've actually I have indeed listened to the Adventure Zone. It's a it's it's fun. It's a lot it's a lot of fun. 
That's great. Back to the history. Yes. So, back to um, Moana. Back, back to, to Moana. Moana. Or, or more, more. the Mort that never happened, apparently. Well, they couldn't yeah. secure the book rights. I guess that's fair, because I was thinking about it. Like, how much do you bet that they wanted to, like, maybe do a story similar to it, but not have it set in the Discworld? That's, pro- I mean, if you're going to make it a Disney animated feature, uh, a standalone one at that. So I can understand why they couldn't secure the book rights and why Terry Pratchett would be a bit iffy. Also, Death somehow still needs to talk in all caps. <laughs> That's really important. Like, <laughs> Death was doing caps lock before it was cool. <laughs> I used to quote that book quite a bit. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, after a year working on that, um, we got Ron and John going like, well, what do we do now? So uh, John Musker um, went through, like, ideas that they haven't, like, gone through before and one of the things he's became really passionate about is uh the south pacific setting so he's decided to start reading up on polynesian mythology and that's how he learned about maui the uh shape-shifting uh demigod cultural hero and as he learned of his exploits he said this would make for a great animated feature what if we have a story focused on him so they pitched the idea to john laster who loved it but said i think you guys are going to need to dig deeper and do more research before we solidify this story. So they take a research trip to Fiji, Samoa, and Tahiti. <laughs> That's a good research trip. Uh, it's funny because I read, uh, again, one of my favorite things is reading the the interviews with the directors. And they admitted <laughs> that, oh, so many people were jealous of us. So Rich Moore, who was the director of Wreck-It Ralph, said to them, oh, you're, you're going to Fiji? You know what I did for my research trip for uh, Wreck-It Ralph? I went to an arcade in Pacoima. <laughs> they didn't want to make it become full tours. The, the idea wasn't to be like, have it be a touristy trip, even though they did admit that they, there were a few Mai Tais involved. You've got to be some Mai Tais involved. I love these interviews. They're so great. They actually met with the locals and also spent a lot of time in villages with uh, no electricity. Hmm. And um, it's through like um, their time there, they discovered... Um, the actual story which is they learned that navigation was a huge part of polynesian culture they actually discovered and named islands way before any european or um vikings and actually had their own system and everything and even like it it was very elegantly done but then three thousand years ago they just stopped for no reason there's the and even today not many people know why this happened Experts give the theory that it could have been in climate change or uh, shifts in the ocean's current, but this stopping in navigation lasted about a thousand years and then they started back up again. And they found that very interesting and realized this is what we need to focus on. This mm-hmm. should be our story. Yeah. The story would be set 2000 years ago, just before way, uh, wayfinding comes back again. But it's, uh, of course, Moana set during that period where wayfinding has stopped completely mm. so they they knew maui would still be included but they wanted to, um the focus um to be shifted to some uh someone different in this case a heroine based off the um powerful beautiful women that they met on their trip nice fun fact taika waihiti wrote the first draft oh really yeah but he didn't continue because um at the time he he had a child and returned to New Zealand to raise his child, but also film what we do in the shadows. <laughs> oh, oh man. Which is funnier when you really when you know who's gonna play uh Tomatoa. <laughs> <laughs> and actually he has joked that 
the only thing that remains of his original script is exterior ocean day (laughs) (laughs) but the idea of moana was still there so um this story was actually going to focus more on moana's uh relationships uh she was going to have multiple brothers it was going to be a more gendered story Uh but then they realized this should be focused more on finding herself rather than finding her place as a woman in a male-dominated society Mm -hmm. so as you know so they these were the directors of princesses and frog yeah we already know how that went actually Sade was with us for princess and the frog so yes yes i was (laughs) he knows this history so um when when it was first when um they first handled it it didn't go so well yeah and there were a lot of controversies not wanting to run into that as much as possible they actually created what was called they called the oceanic trust where they brought in a group of anthropologists cultural practitioners historians linguists and choreographers from multiple islands like Samoa Tahiti Fiji uh, uh Mo'oria, and forgive me if i butcher that name and they made sure everything was taken into consideration like it's kind of insane they would always call back to them like is this okay is this okay so much so that um there was a point where they had animate like said hey here's a scene where moana basically is throwing a tantrum has a tantrum and she throws a coconut and they said don't you dare add that because that's can that would be considered wasteful mm-hmm. in our culture and it like a coconut is considered sacred so remove that and they did the biggest one actually was Maui's appearance, but I kind of want to go into his appearance later on. <laughs> okay. Because this, when we introduce Maui? Well, no, 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 no. I, 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 mainly after I get into reviews. Okay. Because Maui's appearance is surprisingly a huge point of contention. Interesting. Okay. So, so from what I've gathered, there is two main inconsistencies in terms of uh, uh, Polynesian culture. One of them is the decision to make Moana the next in line to govern her village, that that wouldn't have happened. But they said this was okay because story-wise, it makes sense. It anchors her to her island. It gives her a reason to want to come back and feel a sense of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And not only that, there are, they mentioned like how there are um, Samoan cultures where women could be tribal leaders and such. Right. The second one is actually the, uh, the flora. So a lot of the colorful flowers that you actually see on these islands, uh, like specifically on Hawaii, came to Hawaii only after their first contact with Europeans. But it's an animated film, and it's like, how could you not add these colorful flowers? So they said, okay, we, we'll accept that. Oh, pops of color here and there. Yeah. And then I want to bring up casting just because um, this, uh, especially with Moana, so we have uh, Ali'i Cravalho. She wasn't play- actually didn't audition originally uh she was in she was a freshman in high school she was 14 years old and she and her friends were um doing an acapella audition for a non-profit event and uh they weren't hired but the woman who was going through those auditions just happened to be a casting director for disney <laughs> and they picked her out and they're like hey you should audition for this and she got it and she was only 15 at the time and the movie came out not on her 16th birthday, but the day after her 16th birthday. <laughs> wow. So I'm like, oh my gosh, she was so young. That's amazing. And actually, uh, she is from, she's a Hawaiian native as actually all of the cast is of Polynesian descent, and except for Alan Tudyk, 
who's there because he's their disney's good luck charm and honestly there's some uh, again we'll get into that later about the brilliance of him being cast as hey hey but well he only plays two parts he plays hey hey and he plays villager number three yeah of course the whole thing is uh 3d animation with one exception and that is maui's tattoos those are all hand-drawn animation that's so cool and that was led by eric goldberg who's a basically an animator legend like yeah like he's he, he's worked on animation so long, like, he was an animator for um, Raggedy Ann and Andy's musical adventure. Oh, really? Yeah, like, that part. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. He's done a bunch of other Disney stuff, but I figured, like, at that far back from the 70s, so. That's impressive. As I mentioned, movie comes out November 23rd, 2016. They gathered that the budget was about $150 million. Moana grossed about $248.7 million in, uh, domestically, U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. And four hundred forty-two point one million in other countries, totaling to about uh, six hundred ninety-one million. Nice. This was good. Wow. Co- yeah, this was actually considered a success because there's that part of me that's like, well, they didn't make that billion. I wonder how they feel. No, they, they, Disney saw it as a success, and actually, uh, a lot of the reviewers uh, praised it, and it got a lot of uh, positive response. Um, the one thing they praised quite a bit is the animation. And oh yeah. We'll get into that too. Like for an animation podcast, it feels good to really talk about the animation on this one. Mm. The one thing I, I actually was curious to know about was um, the responses from Pacific Islanders. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the so you got to forgive me for this, but the only thing that I could really find was from BuzzFeed. <laughs> so you take what I say with a grain of salt, but I'm only picking out the things that actually consistently come up like complaints that consistently came up so it's because they considered it mixed but for the most from what i gather it was mostly positive but there were two things uh one of them being the portrayal of uh the grandmother as the crazy lady because they said that she wouldn't have been a crazy lady as someone who's like trying to keep upkeep traditions Mm -hmm. or uh look back on the past that wouldn't be considered a crazy lady so they thought that was a bad portrayal yeah. But the biggest one, and it is strange, like, this is actually a big one, even when they were in the midst of developing the film, was Maui's appearance. Mm-hmm. So Maui is known to be a trickster god, and some cultures uh, see him as more slender, but another see him as strong. And a lot of people got mad because they're like, why is he big? He shouldn't be big. But then again, his appearance is based off of uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who plays Maui's, uh, based off his uh, grandfather, who was the high chief Peter Mavia of Samoa. Oh wow! Yeah. So he, and yeah, if you look at the appearance, yeah, they look very similar. <laughs> the uh, I was gonna say the other thing I had heard as well is that traditionally he's portrayed as more of an adolescent, and he's he definitely is, looks a lot older of a character in Moana. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though they don't go into his age, but I thought that was interesting as well. Well, at bare minimum, he's a thousand years old. Yeah. This actually happened earlier on during development because originally he was going to be drawn as bald, but the Oceanic Trust jumped on that and say, no, he needs hair. Hair is considered mana in our culture. So give him long hair. And uh, they give him hair and they said, more hair. <laughs> Not enough <laughs> hair, more hair. <laughs> I do have a theory why he... I. I why he's made so big and i think it is because of his tattoos i think i mean it's a bigger canvas to animate on yeah and because his tattoos do play a big role as a part of his character so. right right another controversy that came up 
and this got pulled very quickly was when they were doing costumes and uh for kids and they had a maui costume (laughs) and it was basically a skin suit (laughs) and there were a lot of complaints about how culturally insensitive and that makes sense because it's like that's yeah yeah it's one thing to get like a cheap moana costume because it's just an it's just attire yes it's another thing to wear a skin suit with these tattoos and it's brown skin and yeah 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 and that was but that was the one main bad thing that seemed to come out of this unlike with princess and the frog where there was a lot more controversy Mm -hmm. um with at least with maui it feels like it was with Maui's appearance, it feels like it was different cultures being like, well, we see him as slender, but we see him as this. Yeah, they just kind of, they picked a Maui and went with it, basically. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I kind of do agree with the grandmother part, because. Well, I have a opinion about that. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we can get into that once we get into the movie itself. All right. Uh, so that's uh, the production history. That's a detailed production history. Thank you for that. You're welcome. All right. I feel like we've been hugging, hugging the floor <laughs> yeah. for a lot of this. Let's uh, let our guests give their personal histories with Moana. Uh, <laughs> I'm let so, you go first. <laughs> okay, I just gonna say, funnily enough, uh, Sade and I saw this movie together, as I recall. Yeah, uh, I don't remember like how long it was after it 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 came out that we saw it, but I know it was still it was still a new, fresh in the theaters, so to speak. Yeah, I had uh, maybe maybe like a weekend or two after. I don't think yeah, we waited yeah. that long. Yeah, um, I think is... I've seen it maybe, well, since I watched it recently for this recording, I think I've seen it a total of three times. This was the second time that I had uh, seen it personally. So it was definitely like I needed the refresher when you had, when you had mentioned this. I was like, okay, definitely uh, I need to watch this again where uh, when we did the Pocahontas episode, like I already had that movie memorized by heart in my head. So. <laughs> But, uh, with Moana, it's, it's not one of my favorite Disney movies, but I, I think I enjoy it more than I realize. Cause I was like, oh, okay, Moana, I've seen it a couple times. I'll just like, I'll, I'll put it on in the background while I'm working on some stuff. And I would, sorry, that's what I was started. But immediately I was like, nope, I'm going to have to sit down and actually pay attention because I uh, want to watch everything. I couldn't like leave it in the background. I had to like finish what I was doing and sit down and watch it. This so I I have this is like I've been I've been trying to like figure out like how I since we're now going into like personal feelings on it I, I'm so conflicted with this movie mm-hmm. because I enjoy it I generally think it's a pretty good movie mm-hmm. and yet and yet as a writer there's so much I want to change in this movie <laughs> when I when I first like started watching it I was like why did I remember leaving this the theater kind of discontented with this I'm really enjoying this. And then when we get into like the second half of the movie, I was like, ah, I remember now because the, because the pacing of the movie drives me absolutely crazy. So that is, that is my take on Moana. That being said, I do think it's a beautiful movie Uh and I, and I feel like it's a, it's a movie that I would be happy to like, let my child sit and watch, you know, because Mm -hmm. I do love how, like how strong Moana is that she feels like a very good role model, especially considering mm-hmm. some of the other Disney princesses we've had. <laughs> not to slander them, but they're not very good role models. You know? <laughs> yeah. 
like I, I that so I was like but but as a movie itself there's just so much there's like so many things I just want to I just want to nitpick and change as a writer because there's so much good to it that I feel like oh it could have been just so much better if they've just done x y and z for me so and that, we can t- and we can talk about that obviously because mm-hmm. I think I come at this with a little bit of the same notes because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'd be curious to get the thoughts on it as we go through it so this was the first Disney animated feature you and I saw together. Yeah. And we saw it in theaters together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was the last time we ever saw it. Yeah, we saw it round, right around when it came out. Uh, I don't think it was like opening. I think same thing. It wasn't like opening weekend or anything, but we definitely went and saw it. I remember enjoying it at the time. Uh, parts of it stuck with me, but it wasn't like a huge like, oh man, I remember da, 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 and like lashing on. I mean, certain things did. I mean, we'll get into the parts that I think one of my favorite parts of the movie Um Mm-hmm. is a specific por- portion but like from that first viewing what I took away from it and I think yeah I think we I think we we talked about this after watching it again recently for the second time this is only our second time watching it mm-hmm. that I think we enjoyed it more the second time yeah I think so too but I think yeah we can hop into the movie do you want me do should we start from the beginning and- let's do that we haven't done something like that in a while I like how this opens with with the story, the legend. It feels very classic. We're getting the story of Maui stealing the heart of Tefiti. Mm-hmm. And what if this is good because it's an introduction to one of our main characters. So we get to we get to see Maui for the first time. It's it's pretty awesome. I love the way that Tefiti like I love the animated sequences are so nice cuz like I like how they're they're done in the you know traditional like a very old style mm-hmm. like the like the Polynesian like the Polynesian art style. But it, it's nice to see some what looks like traditional animation in this movie after a while, you know? And then it is carried out on Maui's skin, but we don't get that until later. And admittedly, I do like, I mean, we don't learn much about Maui personally yet. This is, this is the fictional Maui, the hero of men and women, all, all, as he, <laughs> he's clear to point out later. But yeah, he steals the heart from this island. The, I love that the island looks like, like a woman sleeping on her side, kind of like curled up. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really nice detail. Like the heart, the island itself is, uh, you know, this deity. And then he gets out of there and we are confronted for the first time by Taka, the lava monster. Question for the group, since we do know where this is going. Uh, how many people saw the twist coming early? Or or did you see the twist coming early with uh, Tafiti and Taka? I did not. I, feel, I don't remember. I can't remember. Honest. If I saw I it coming s- or not, yeah. I want to say I did, but, like, I can't say that with certainty. Yeah, I'm not sure either, but there, I think there was, a, it was around near the end that I started to be like, oh, no, these are different entities. These are, or these, are, or these aren't different entities. These are the same entity. I think it didn't really click in the beginning because of the fact that he went from stealing the heart of Tafiti and then going in a completely different direction from her and then running into call so it's like oh they're or at least gave that appearance that yeah yeah and when they're telling the story they even say and then but like oh maui took the heart but then other you know demons or something came uh to take it from him and we see to call so it's implied like oh this is another entity Mm -hmm. we only get a brief look at taka I do want to like talk about how I I love 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 and it gets really indulged in later like the animation of of this this creature you know the law it's a really interesting take on sort of the molten monster this like figure I love 
the way the smoke that comes out from her is animated. These like pyroclastic clouds, you know? Like it just looks so good. <laughs> this is I feel like this this is a big step up in animation. And I know we'll get around to talking about the water. Well, I mean, at the beginning is we see how beautiful the water is, because I mean we see Moana as a child and then we see her connection with the ocean and that- oh yeah that first scene where she's a toddler after she gets out of hearing the grandmother's story now i, I do want to bring up before we get there so that the whole thing about the grandmother being crazy yes. and being like i'm just the crazy village lady and people not i don't think i think this is an anomalous situation i think in any other society any other island society she would be treated with the respect she deserves mm-hmm. but the chief has kind of running the society based on this idea of fear of the ocean Mm-hmm. And so he's the one kind of putting her down, and the rest of the group's following suit. I think it's a more anomalous situation. Isn't it his mother too? Yes. Yeah. But, <laughs> but his mother. But he's like, I disagree because he had that incident, as we learn about later from Moana's mother, mm-hmm. that he tried to do this. He tried to sail beyond the reef, and his ship got wrecked, and he lost his best friend, and it basically made him um, hydrophobic. Mm-hmm. So he's probably like putting her her down because of, you know, he's trying to be like, no, no, don't listen to her. She's being ridiculous. And I think he, you know, he's got some flaws. I don't think he's a bad guy, but he's got, he's definitely got some flaws. I don't, I I think it's a weird situation, but that's just my takeaway from it. I I think the grandmother, I mean, she's there to service the purpose to introduce Moana to their history and then say, here's, here's what has happened here's how we can save our island and basically she's kind of the guide for moana but yeah i I think she's the mystical mystical guide yeah but i think they wanted to find a reason why would this old lady be totally be this guide why why would they let her stay or like so i think thinking oh she's the crazy lady but i think you know what it could have just been though it could have been just like Oh, mom, you're Alzheimer's. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. More like, a, oh, like, oh, mom, you're just being silly again. Yeah. Or whatever. But she legitimately says, I'm the village crazy woman. The the thing that's interesting, too, is uh, did you guys end up watching like any of the deleted scenes or anything? I don't think we did. No. no. There, so like in one of the kind of early drafts, he, there's like, it looks like it showed more of her childhood. Uh, but there's this instance where he actually uh kind of yells at his mom for saying like this is what happened because uh, Moana actually almost drowns and uh, mm-hmm. and he's like this is what happens when you tell her like these tales of the ocean and blah 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 and then that's not present in the movie. Uh, mm. On that note, I do I do want to bring up like that was one thing that I found really kind of interesting is the the ocean as an entity is very confusing. Because yeah, it do- it does try to kill her, <laughs> or almost kills her at some point. Uh, and I liked that in one of the deleted scenes, they kind of actually explain that because uh, after this scene where she almost drowns, uh, and the and the uh, the grandma like takes her side and says, you know, you have to understand that the ocean is not a toy; it doesn't always want to play with you. And so it cre- it made it this chaotic entity, which makes so much more sense than what we have in the finished movie. Uh, yeah, I, I I feel like this deleted scene actually shouldn't have been deleted. Then it probably yeah. would have added more to the story. Yeah, yeah having so the ocean like, be fickle makes so much more sense. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's that 
again we were talking about the the things that i nitpack pick with this movie that's one of them i the, the ocean didn't need to be sentient it really wouldn't have changed anything well you know? that, that actually is a um, polynesian mythology and the ocean actually is seen as its own an entity it's seen as almost a living breathing thing mm-hmm. and that's why it's added yeah. to this uh story but i also think I, I actually do not mind the ocean as a living thing because it does add humor it actually makes sense for the what for the story i i think though you are correct that it is kind of, that that was also kind of confusing too it's like you know, for uh, something that's sentient, why isn't it so, as helpful? The the ocean only mm-hmm. steps in when the ocean needs to step in. The rest of the time, it's just a body of water. And and that's yeah. I I, I would have loved that if they had elaborated on that. Also, one of the things in the deleted scenes that may be kind of like I wish they had kept this was that she doesn't think it's a dream. You know, she's she's uh, there. It kind of implies that she still knows that the there's something with the ocean when she's older. Mm-hmm. you know but mm-hmm. and i hate that they kind of cut that because i think it would have been interesting if maybe she had always known and just maybe no one but the grandma had ever seen it or believed it you know oh but, yeah but they but they like i don't know like i i, I that was another thing is i think it would have made the the ocean as a character kind of more interesting as well if she had main uh had remained familiar with that aspect uh growing up but she just kind of forgets until she gets her call to action mm-hmm. uh, later on. Uh, that being said, that's the perfect way to talk about the animation of the ocean itself. Because, like, I think it's like you started to say, it's you know, gorgeous. Uh, yeah, no, the it's water so in this movie is incredible. That scene where Moana, as a the most adorable little baby, is <laughs> going down to the ocean and finds the shells and. The ocean parts around her and gives her the heart. Mm-hmm. Like that's a it is such a beautiful scene. I think it also works with the um with the music in the background. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure if it, uh, it's the first real song of the movie. I think I might just delve into the music a little bit, or not delve, touch upon it. Yeah, because um they brought in three composers and songwriters, and for the songs that are specifically South Pacific based those are done by a tokelauan uh singer songwriter and i for, forgive me if i'm mispronouncing it opataya foai i hope i'm saying that right and i apologize but he's the one who wrote the the first song the um when she's talking with the ocean as well as mm-hmm. um well he and lin-manuel miranda who is one of the other composers uh-huh. worked on uh we know the way together i love that song it, it is really- that might be my favorite song personally uh, well and- Besides the other one. And then, like. and then Mark Mancina also assisted, but I think he did more of the composing. Yeah, the score. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What an interesting... It's very eclectic. Eclectic, <laughs> eclectic set of like singers and songwriters mm-hmm. and composers. Because mm-hmm. like, I mean, this guy did Con Air. Like Marcus, <laughs> he did like, Con Air. And... As is custom, I have to mention something Haunted Mansion related. Mark Mancina did the score for the movie, the 2003 movie with Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. Oh my. That's one of the best things about that movie, which is otherwise fairly forgettable, is that score is mwah, mwah, <laughs> so good. I cannot get over how good the water looks in this part. And that's, yeah. I know it's important to have the water look this good, but I have never seen CG water look this good. Like, I think this, this movie was a really good example of just like how far 
like the 3D animation has come in terms of like the textures and just like making things so realistic with the example of the water being really great. But I also really love the texture in the hair and like Moana Uh. and like Maui's hair, especially when like Moana's hair got wet. Like yeah. my, always, my eye always goes to just like how good it looks. I'm like, damn. You know what's a cute detail about Moana as she gets older, and this is a hair thing. Is very often she'll turn around or do something rapid, and she'll have to like push her hair out of her face. I love that. Oh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of weight to the hair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so I will. I will. Do you, do you remember the Incredibles when they were like, I don't know if we'll be able to figure out long hair before the movie comes out, and now you now we've progress to this where it's so weighted the textures are beautiful mm-hmm. it's it's absolutely unbelievable Pushing i'm gonna be uh, okay i already know i'm coming back for Encanto, and i i am gonna be talking about the hair in that because <laughs> <laughs> i feel like the moana here we're getting a look like they're getting hair down like it looks good and i think in like Encanto, they perfected it and i'm gonna yeah so. <laughs> oh my god the variety in, of hair styles in, in Kanto is insane anyway but that's for uh, another episode <laughs> that's for another episode you can tell we're excited to get to Encanto. oh my god <laughs> um but what, i think one of the cool things too um about moana's hair is that her hair is not down the whole time there's actually points where she puts mm-hmm. it up in a bun or um and i'm like Yes, that's what people with long hair do. Even Maui does it too. Yeah. 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 That was actually something that always kind of bothered me in the past. So like, okay, so I had long hair for a very, very long time, almost throughout my life up until I was uh, 21. And then I started like cutting my hair and playing with it. But I mean, it kind of always bothered me that I would see all these movies and they would just have, if they had long hair and they would just leave it back and it was just it was they never did anything with it i'm like that's so unrealistic and realistic often more often than not if anyone watch my hair flowing as i rush into battle with my life on the line if you meet any person with long hair more often than not they have a rubber band around their wrist (laughs) ready to put it up and to see her actually put it up when she's doing things i'm like yes Oh my goodness, thank you. <laughs> I have the same passion when I, when, okay, when we get into Encanto and then she's actually a character with glasses. I'm like, yes, oh my God. Uh, okay, anyway, back to Kito and Moana. Okay, okay, so. Um, I, wanna, I, I wanna say too, from a technical standpoint as well, water takes freaking forever to render. Mm, I yes. would love to know how long this movie took to render because of how much water is in it because it just it's so intensive to I, render I, I don't know the time but i know they said this was one of the hardest movies they've ever had to work on because of mm-hmm. the water and actually that was one. <laughs> the majority of the movie is water well, one of the so one of the things that I, I this wasn't stated but i have a th- this is my theory so because I mentioned that Maui was originally going to be bald. My theory is they did that to make it easier on themselves. <laughs> I honestly thought that's because it's like, we have to deal with water. We got to deal with Moana and her hair. And I think. I, I just assumed it was so that it would look more like the rock. <laughs> that could be it too. But um, actually some of these uh, features occurred before they even casted. So ironically enough. Uh, so Ali'i. Um, she said they actually had the design for Moana before they even cast her. So it's just a coincidence that 
Moana looks a lot like her. Yeah. But she did admit a lot of her mannerisms did go into Moana. Like one of the, That's classic though. Yeah. So one of the things that she says she does is um, she, whenever she's stressed or anxious, she touches her hair or puts her, or like holds her hair back. And you see Moana do that quite a bit. Oh yeah, it's true. Whenever she, I love Moana when she's like, and she does that. <laughs> You know what, one thing I do like about Moana throughout the film, she is very athletic and very, like, lanky. And so she, like, she just scrambles all over the place. And I love watching her move. Like, when she scales mm-hmm. things or, like, just the way that she moves is so, like, it's it's like watching, it's very rough and tumble. And I love the way that the character moves. She gets <laughs> done. She's very capable on her own. Like, I watching the movie again, I forgot, like, the shit that she gets done on her own like when those little coconut guys show up she mm-hmm. gets that heart back on her own without any of maui's help and i was yeah. like damn this girl kicks ass <laughs> well, i mean even but even- oh, the uh i was gonna say there's a scene where she's like helping with a roof and and jumping on like the uh the um the columns that like are holding it up and so i kind of liked that foreshadowing that she yeah. Yeah. is a very athletic girl yeah so yeah the, one of the great parts a similar character, funny enough, is Pocahontas, who also is very, like, oh, agile and can do all this. But we don't get enough development with her to really, that to a point that we actually, we think, oh, she's just got Disney princess powers or whatever. Where with this, we actually have enough time to see her actually develop these skills because she's, I mean, she is um, preparing to become the chief of her island. So she has to step up and do a lot of these tasks in order to help her people. This includes, like, that's why with the whole uh, where you are, you see her like, okay, we got to climb trees to grab coconuts. We got to make sure, you got to make sure your people are taken care of. And she works hard. She's, yeah, and she's trained for it too. So, So her physicality makes sense for how she grew up. Yeah, no, everything makes sense. They foreshadow it really well. It's one of the things that sets her up to be a good voyager later. Well, here's another thing that I also like too. So this, because I mean, it's she, there is a sort of kind of chosen one storyline going on and they actually poke fun of that in the uh, movie. But if this were a bad story, she would have been, it's like, it's it, suddenly I'm, I'm just so good at like uh, sailing. I don't know why I'm just so amazing at it, but she's not No, start, like, she has no idea what she's doing. And I'm like, I appreciate that. I appreciate that Maui has to teach her how to sail. Yeah. Like. It's not just, oh, I just automatically know. It's just within me because I'm the chosen one. It's the ocean chose you. You have to do this, but that doesn't mean you're... Let, let, let's be honest, though. The ocean kind of kind of holds her hand a little bit, yeah. at least early on, until it puts her in a storm. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then we're just going to throw you at Maui's Island. <laughs> and that's jumping ahead a little bit. But like, yeah. Oh, I also appreciate couple of notes here more things about the village uh, the motanui i like that i mean i like the little snapshots we get of village life you know these people seem pretty content i like that no one bats an eye that a woman's going to be the chief like it's just not a like in a weaker movie would be like what but this is impossible you know like but no as i mentioned before the first draft was going to be more like oh well you're a woman and i'm glad they didn't do that i think that would cheapen it Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i know it's not necessarily the most cultural Pro, mm-hmm. uh, you know it's one of the things they had to be caveat but i kind of just like that people are just like yeah you're next in line 
this is what's expected of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because, as uh, Kayla had mentioned, that there was even a comment that, like, uh, she wouldn't have been eligible to be a, uh, a chief because she's a woman as a, you know, as a factual inaccuracy, right? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it is kind of interesting how you have, we have to, cons- like, I feel like, mm, how do I put this? It's, we're, we're in this uh, era uh, this era, I guess, of storytelling where we're, 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 I feel like we're moving away from like the, the genderedness of certain t- like tales. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, And it all, and it almost would have felt, I feel like unnatural if it, if her gender had been like the focus, because we don't really do kids movies like that anymore. It feels like, yeah, you know, and, cause, cause, and I, and I wonder like in the future, like, yeah, what do you, what is it? you know the the conflict of the past versus the now like i was glad that they didn't that it wasn't just another tale of a girl having to prove herself because she's a girl because we have so many stories like that (laughs) yeah and so it is interesting to be going forward because i do because i do think about that it's like you know but there is that idea of this was inaccurate to their culture you know so it's like i wonder moving forward like how you know I, i it's an interesting discussion to be had i think on uh like what was the you know because I, I i too agree like i said i'm glad that they we didn't just have another story i like that she's just a girl and she's just doing her thing and and it, that's it you know yep now one of the tricky parts too is i keep saying polynesian i keep saying south pacific we, we one of the things we have to remember too is this is not just one culture this is multiple right. that right. we're dealing with to be to be fair i think what's happening with the motanui is it's like kind of a pastiche of lots of different island cultures and that's the idea they didn't really want to say this is samoan this is um hawaiian this is fiji this is um rapa nui it's not any of those particular locations it's it's and it, and it is a i could see where there would be that that conflict because then that does create certain inaccuracies you know, but I guess, it, but you could also say it's kind of the equivalent of like high fantasy where everyone's some form of English slash German slash French, you know, in the, so it's yeah. like, it's, 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 yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But this is, this is more like just like broad Polynesian fantasy as opposed to mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. That, that's what, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, that's I, I realize what you get. And it's cool, but it's cool though. I think I like when, you know, it's, it doesn't have to just be Europe that gets that, you know, that broad strokes. And luckily they had like, again, they had experts and like this whole group of people. We have, saying, we have come such a long way from Pocahontas, I swear, in yeah. that sense. <laughs> I, I think that it's also, it's interesting because I feel like John Musker and Ron Clements and they admitted, like, we learned a lot from our experience with Princess and the Frog, and we didn't want to make those same mistakes. So that's why they wanted to do better with this one. Oh, yeah. And like I said, this, this one, part... This one gets a thumbs up just for not making your characters animals for the 90% of your film, right? Yeah. Oh, I will also give this movie credit. You know what's nice? Moana has both of her parents. <laughs> Hell, uh, yeah who have a healthy relationship like yeah that's great yeah. i really love the moment where when moana is grabbing her stuff to head out on the voyage and her mom confronts her mm-hmm. her mom starts helping her i'm like you are a good mom i 100 percent believe like watching this again and i'm like this is 100 exists because of people complaining 
about the lack of a mother figure in every other prison <laughs> I I know it in my heart. That's why this this character exists because it has become such a such a, a a what would you say? I don't even know if it's if it's just a critique. I suppose yeah that there are no mothers to Disney princesses ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, in fact, is this the first? No. The, no, no, no. We've I'm had like, others with with both parents. Um, I mean that, that and, and, like I'm not even talking about situations where there's both parents in a flashback, but then one of them them dies, like well, Tiana. Well, technically, but, Rapunzel has both her parents. That's true. Rap- she does. Oh, okay, I mean, that's a good point. Okay, but she's still that's raised true. away from them and doesn't get that life with them until she is reunited with them at the end. That's not well, a at least critique. The mother's not dead. <laughs> yeah, the mother's not dead. Well, she has both her parents. Tiana does. Her mother is alive, but I know her father does pass away. But that's a, and that's a significant point, though, because at least we get to see their lives together. And her dad, you know, dies in in the war. Yeah, we know that. So, but here, I just like that. She um, not only does Moana have both her parents, but she also has her grandmother. And even though there is a death, her grandmother does die. I will say that- diff- in, in typical movie fashion. It- I'm sorry, but that feels very... Sudden, sudden onset oldness. Yeah, that feels very... <laughs> her death was kind of a bit too sudden for me. I actually always had a theory about that. Was mm-hmm. that she, at some point when, when Moana was a kid, she found uh, the heart of Tahiti because it was for Moana, right? So it was like yeah. probably sitting in the sand for... And Grandma knew, oh, this is for Moana. Cause yeah, she went back and got it because she just yeah. left it. Yeah. My thought, I just assumed this, and so it's just been my theory this whole time, was that grandma was dying already and the heart was keeping her alive until she knew she had to pass it on that's That's what i always assumed it it is it is the source of life it creates life right right so that's what i just always thought it was like she was holding it uh knowing that once she had once she passed it over when juan was ready it would mean the end of her own life this this is 100 percent one of those things that makes perfect sense but i would bet my entire life savings that it was not their intention, <laughs> but it does make a lot of sense. Right. The subtext is smarter than the film sometimes, exactly. you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great, though. I hadn't even thought about that, but that's very good. I, I, there's there's some really good aspects of the grandmother, and I like that idea as well. That ties in really nicely with just how much she knows about what's going on. Like, like even her, like, the moment where you see her, you know, dancing with the rays, and you know that the ray is going to be kind of her spirit animal, and then which I'm with her. The I, like manta rays slash stingrays are like one of my probably my favorite sea creatures. Yeah, I'm like yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just great to see, and um, and I love how that keeps coming up. You know, the grandmother is there because there's a giant ray, a giant <laughs> mystical ray that follows uh, Moana at different points of the the film i know tattoos are an important part of their culture but there's as someone who likes getting tattoos and is tattooed there's something that like warms my heart whenever i see tattooed (laughs) characters on screen yeah and Mm. it's just like yay (laughs) (laughs) i i i I had forgotten about the part where moana's like trying to like comfort this guy he's getting this really (laughs) tiny tattoo on his back oh that was that would that that was actually a gag that made me laugh i I heard the original form of tattoos or that form of tattooing is much much more painful oh hell yeah and to have it on your back where and the back is actually one of the most painful places to get tattooed in general and geez poor guy grandma was a tough lady yeah oh yeah no grandma grandma's rad and again like i said 
Moana's got this healthy relationship with her with her, her parents and her grandmother, even if the dad and the mother don't see eye to eye. I I think it's just or the dad and the grandmother. Yes. The dad's mother. You know, um, thinking about the tattoos real quick, I actually very disappointed thinking about it now that Moana does not have any. Because, oh, like, sh- how old in a lot of these cultures, like ta- the all these tattoos, the different patterns, the different symbols all have like significance uh, and is a very much like coming of age thing. You so, know like, you- why doesn't Moana have tattoos? Give so, the girl some tattoos. So, I, mean, I want a Disney princess's <laughs> tattoos. You know, be rad though. I wish this would have happened at the end, you know, when she went at the very end when she's with the Voyagers and they're sailing and she's clearly got more cheese status at this point. What if we like had a shot of her back and she has the spiral? Oh, like in the spiral from the sail of her ship, the spiral from the heart of Tafiti, like that's on her back or something like I that. Just, I, I never, I, I, for some reason, my brain just clicked of uh, like, now I'm just thinking of Junji Ito <laughs> spiral. Like, oh, no. oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So <laughs> we're not going there. Yeah, I'm with you though. I think it would be cool if she had she got it. That one was a tech. discussion on an entirely different podcast. Yeah, we we yeah. talked about that on Darkly Lit already. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know that's a good point, and you know it's probably because like again, she's meant to be a role model, and tattoos still have these this unfortunate connotations. But in our culture, yeah, but I 100 agree. That would have been so cool. Yeah, well, she's also okay. I, I mean, so the character is supposed to be 16 years old. But, I mean, at the time, yeah, she would have still received the tattoos. But I think there's also that point in Disney's head, like, well, she's 16. And hey, we- Ariel got married at 16. <laughs> yeah, pretty, a lot of our princesses, the, like especially the early ones, they're all underage. Okay? Yeah. Which Luckily. It's very problematic on TikTok when suddenly it was a trend to, like, do a smasher pass on Disney characters. Oh, dear. Yeah, that well, was TikTok, TikTok is fucking <laughs> awful, though. In terms, they're, they're, it's full of teenagers who think they're activists about things, and they're really well. I think all you had to say was TikTok is full of teenagers, and that would be immediate. Yeah. That's an immediate turnoff for me. I don't care. Of, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But the, uh, but yeah, she's. I think that's that's actually interesting. I actually thought she was younger for some reason. So, mm-hmm. Ali actually confirmed um, that. Uh, Moana's supposed to be 16 because she says I she's like I turned 16 when this movie comes out and then she's also 16 in the movie so, and she's like it all just aligned perfectly that's so cute <laughs> she's so adorable she is. like she when is. you watch interviews with her and you see the, the happiness on her face when she got this role it's like uh-huh. this is so adorable she's such an adorable actress she is I hope she gets to do more stuff mm-hmm. she's a fantastic singer mm-hmm. too. that's right um, she does all the she she sings her own songs. Yes, she does. She's the same. She is, but also the singing voice of Moana. Of Moana. Yes. Okay, so I've been wanting to get to this for a bit because one of my favorite scenes early is when they find the boats when they go to the boat cave. Oh, I love sea caves in movies, and um, this is a really good one. You know, this one is hidden by a waterfall. It's like a hidden lagoon, and there's these ancient like boats and catamarans, and like it's awesome. And then she hits the drum, and we get the vision and this song is my probably my favorite song in the movie and i'm glad that it, the movie's kind of bookended like we have this in the middle but i like that the movie is bookended with this song at the end as well mm-hmm. and um it's just cool seeing the, them as them as voyagers i love the energy of this song i love the the style i it's it, it hits the part of me that loves the ocean and loves sailing as a as just an a concept 
And for, as someone who's used to seeing like days of sail and stuff being portrayed by European sailing ships, this looks a lot more fun. You got your whole family on a big old boat and you're just going along in this huge uh, flotilla, this huge like convoy of ships. And it's just, I love this scene. I love that she gets to see where she came from, the Voyagers. That's all I want to say. I just, it's a good scene. If I, I feel like if we're going to talk about the songs, I almost want to talk about the songs as a whole. But then I know one of the songs needs to be, but a lot of these songs need to be separated though. Um, but like, I know a I lot. Mean, by this point we've had, um, well, let's go ahead. We've had Where You Are. And then also. Uh, we've had uh, How Far I'll Go. Which. The I Want song. The, it's a very good I Want song. It is. It actually, it is. Um, How Far I'll Go versus Let It Go. Which one do you pick? Uh, how far I'll go. How far I'll pick I'll, it. Yeah. I'll pick it. I agree. I agree. Because we established in our Frozen one that uh, Let It Go is kind of the false confidence song. Mm. Yeah. In my yeah, <laughs> in so, our opinion. So, because the reason why is because if you watch the movie, she sings a song right after everything bad has just happened. And I'm like, <laughs> and it's like, now nah, I'm going to be confident. Yeah, I don't need anybody. And um, and it's just like you just went through. Stop lying to yourself. Yeah, Elsa. You, just, <laughs> is that why she cringes at her own self in the second movie? Yeah, we, have, we haven't seen. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Oh, okay. I, we'll know, I thought you guys had already done that, but oh no, you're right. This will come after. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So with this song, this actually feels like a and I one song, but also one that makes sense for what's happening, the conflict that's going on. It works as an I want song for the most part. Yeah. And I mean, both are catchy. Both are very passionate uh, for Let It Go and all that. I think for the movie itself, the song is more fitting as an I want song than Let It Go is. Mm -hmm. Again, Let It Go is a bit too false confidency for me. Yeah. But yeah, it also gets to show off um, Moana's chops as a singer, which is great too. Mm -hmm. So then we get the Voyager's this song we we know the way yeah we know the way it's and, good which is interesting because i'm listening i'm like i think that's just lin-manuel miranda singing and i look i'm like yeah it is <laughs> um um but then you know i guess we, we've been here for a bit should we jump ahead to maui yeah we could jump ahead we haven't really well i haven't really talked about the animal sidekicks oh my god because there's oh, like oh man first act only little adorable pig which is a little okay, adorable that- pig that th- that was one thing that threw me hard uh, when I saw the movie the first time. Is the pig just is gone for the entire? That's right. Movie. Yeah, it uh, it feels weird to me, and but I'm 100 percent of the opinion. I bet this was also in reaction to people complaining about animal sidekicks, so they just they 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 cut it down. I'm I wouldn't. But I mean, we still got hey hey. I don't know. Yes. I was like. I also was like, why is this pig even here? Like, yeah, he's cute. And like, his merch is cute. I want a weighted little pow. What's his name? Pow? Yeah, it's pow. pow. I want a weighted pow plush to like comfort me. But and, like, and that is the reason why that, how much you bet probably, that's the reason? Yeah. That's probably, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just answered it myself. <laughs> but like, yeah. that's what's so Story weird wise, about it. Because the they would have, they would have, the pig would have stuck around. For a lot longer in old. But let's be honest, Hey Hey is the better. Well, Hey Hey is the better psychic, but he's also not mar- as marketable as the cute pig in terms of merchandise. <laughs> yeah, but let's talk about super th- weird to me. I don't know. Like- I see more Hey Hey merch, I feel like. I know there was like a Hey Hey ice cream. In the oh, park. wow. Hey, hi, hi. I, I, oh, hey, I will. Hey, I do- 
I do want to say though too, there is another cut scene where uh, Moana had actually the the pig wasn't he wasn't like nursing on his mom and she had noticed this and her dad's like just like leave it you can't force him to eat but then she ends up taking him and like actually managing to feed him and gives him his name so Aww. that that is why so there's so that's a nice that is a cute little scene and then the, that also got cut unfortunately <laughs> I, 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 I don't just, know i think yeah, I find Pau kind of pointless. There's no reason for this character other than just to be cute. Uh, in the first Even capitalism, baby, because <laughs> we need that merch. But hey, hey, though, I need to talk about hey, hey, because I love hey, hey so much. We got we got to talk about hey, hey. So hey, hey, as we mentioned before, is voiced by Alan Tudyk, and there's just a brilliance to that. Uh, as we've discussed alan tudyk is basically the john ratzenberger of disney films he voiced king candy he voiced uh wesselton and frozen uh, and and the weaselton yeah utopia but and now he's just doing chicken noises dumb bird dumb chicken and it's the funny thing it's a rooster but they keep calling it a chicken so i'm gonna call him a chicken um for this dumb chicken and i love him david and i will replay this or make joke about it all the time there's this great clip of alan tudyk just making chicken noises like he's in the booth <laughs> and he's making chicken noises and then it just cuts to him finishing and be like you know i went to juilliard <laughs> <laughs> And immediately back to muck, 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 muck. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my god. It's so good. Washburn from from Firefly is making chicken noises. Now, why what what is it of, of the two animal psychics? He was a villain. You're right. In Dollhouse. Yeah. He was a and now apparently he's also like He's now like a main character in um, uh, Resident Alien. Like he's in a lot of stuff right now. And then we cast him as the chicken. Well, the the chicken. This, he's, I guess this it, dumb. Okay, I have to say this dumbass chicken. He is a dumbass chicken. <laughs> How do we feel about Hey Hey? I love him. I don't know what you, I love this chicken. It, it's weird. It's weird that it works as well as it does because it's just there's something funny about just this like. There's something wrong with this chick. <laughs> I I I I struggle with the chicken because he is funny, but I've but he this is the thing again. I I feel like there's this weird like yes he's a throwback to the old the old animal sidekicks of the Disney princess, but he also isn't. He's in this weird in between spot. Yeah. But then he does. And I was like, okay, is he just comedic value? But no, he does do something at the end of the movie that makes him, that put him in the crucial role because it keeps the uh, the heart from being thrown out the boat mm-hmm. near the end. That's right. So it's like, I have such, I'm so conflicted about him. Uh, I think part of it is because, like I said, I'm I'm super confused why the pig isn't there as like the, the straight animal companion versus the, the dumb or weird animal companion Mm -hmm. i just i want to talk i would love to actually talk to disney i I just want to know i just want to know what what happened with the animal companions and why did they get separated yeah what's the deal with hey hey what yeah what is what was the what was the thought process because he's funny he is funny 
but but again, I don't get why they why he he goes and the pig doesn't. I'm it confuses me. Yeah. So Maui. So Maui. <laughs> so Maui. So Maui. Uh, played by Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who is he's become quite the like oh we need some we need someone who's tough for a Disney movie. Let's man get that act, his acting career is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard he's a very nice person in real life. So. I, I've also heard this. Yes, this is a good role. This is fun. I like Maui. He's he fits. I think he he matches the sort of like trickster god deal pretty well but also like unlike other trickster god well i mean some he's he's definitely got the self-serving quality and i love the ego Mm -hmm. of this character i like that he's counterbalanced by tattoo maui which is like his moral compass it's it's like the jiminy cricket it's like (laughs) angel on his shoulder um (laughs) there is no devil because that's just maui yes i kind of like uh i mean he's introduced with the song um you're welcome which so dwayne the rock Johnson isn't a singer and you can tell when you're listening to it, but you don't, I don't care because the song is so fun. And I think you can tell that The Rock is just having fun with it too. Yeah. And you can't just, you can't help but like feel joyous when you're listening to I it. I think it's, it's so, it's fun. It's a really fun song. It's mm-hmm. another strong one. And it helps that you and I will often be like, what can I say except you're welcome. It's another <laughs> so, so David and I, when we saw that movie, made that joke because it's it's Merlin's a, shop of mystical wonders. There's a part where Merlin says, "You're, you're welcome. welcome," and then the, throughout the rest, for different parts of the movie, the bots keep going, "You're welcome." Someone actually did a video using that. What can I say except you're, you're welcome. welcome? And I, I, and I messaged them like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you figured you, you thought the same thing." And, he's, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, you had that same thought too." And I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> there are other people out there i love i do love the meme ones i've seen of where it's like what can i say except yikes like <laughs> it's like a response to something bad yeah. <laughs> what can i say except ah yes yeah god the the tattoo art style the tart tattoo animation is so fun here using his the fact that his whole body is a story of his achievements is very cool mm-hmm. just Heck, even when he puts Moana in the cave, which is a totally appropriate move for him, he's got a statue of himself. He's been so bored on this island, he's been <laughs> carving his own statue in this cave. I, I was going to say, that's one thing that I, I thought about, where you have to have that, uh, oh, what do you call that, willing suspension of disbelief. Because if he was on this island for as long as he was, this man would have gone crazy, like, decades ago, <laughs> centuries yeah. ago. Well, but, but I, I like the touch of the statue. Like, what was he doing all that time? <laughs> Def- building a statue. What else are you going to do? Gave him a project. That helps. Mm-hmm. I also think that this is a good way to show... I think this was the moment I was really thinking about this. I love the way Moana escapes from the cave by using the statue's momentum. And then she, like, shimmies up that thing. Like, yeah, damn, girl. <laughs> she's got, like... She's so agile. And it's so cool to see her do, like, all this athletic stuff. It just feels like organic. Like this is the next step in that on that path. She moves like a, a video game character. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun to play. <laughs> she tomb she tomb raiders her way out of it. Exactly. Yes, she's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we can actually jump really quickly from the rocky little boring island well, we, that uh, Maui was stranded on. Well, we deal with the the little coconut people that. Oh, the Kakamura. The Kakamura, the coconut pirates. Those are great. They were foreshadowed earlier too among the other monsters because they're just like, they're part of the banners that are in 
Moana's grandma's like story I noticed Mm -hmm. I love the visual joke when Moana goes oh they're pretty cute and they draw angry faces (laughs) on themselves god I love that joke it's really good I love the the their ship Mm -hmm. and just how many of them there are and how they're so small they have to find elaborate ways to like do all this stuff so this is the this is the point where I realized oh so this is how the movie's gonna be like because for the most part you mentioned the pacing earlier um Mm -hmm. Ravel and so for the most part after this certain point it becomes almost like a series of I don't want to say vignettes but it kind of random encounters you Mm -hmm. know what that's what Mm -hmm. it is it's a series of random encounters that's just meant to lengthen the story or make it more interesting it's not exactly something that moves the story forward necessarily it more is just here's a random encounter here's a random encounter. well i argue that this part's important because it's like the first conflict that they have to face together moana and maui because you know who is it that ultimately gets the heart back it's it's moana she jumps onto their ship and grabs the stuff, and gra- grabs Hey Hey. And- so what these random encounters do, I think the, the, the one way it does help the story is this is basically showing how, like basically having Moana and Maui get to know each other better and work together as a team. Yeah. This was, this, this, I will say though, like you nailed it. Like this is 100% when the pacing started, starts going downhill for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, because this, Movie is, I think it's an hour and 37 minutes. It's I longer. I think it's an hour and 47? It's hour. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, I, yeah, you're we, right. We were, we were surprised by how long it was. We were like, oh, really? Yeah. But then yeah. again. And yet, and yet I 100% feel like everything goes too fast. <laughs> so much is happening and, and we don't have time to really stretch it out. Like this could have, I feel like this could have easily been a television series for how <laughs> much gets covered in like I get like what would you say that this is probably about a, a, an hour like 45 minutes into it probably the halfway point in the movie you know I think so yeah yeah so it's it's like and then all of a sudden we just go from this really chill kind of vibe and this lore and then it's just like action 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 like and and it's pretty much once Maui gets on the scene, that's when all the really fantastical stuff starts happening. Yeah. And it's like, I get, and it's like, I 100% understand that this is something that kids are going to have no problem with, you know? No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But my, my, my adult self is just like, God, I want to stretch, like, slow down. I want to enjoy this. I want to stretch this out because you're covering a lot of, of development and character progression in 40 minutes. Uh, and 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 it's just so fast compared to how slow moving the movie is in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I think this eventually leads to the realm of monsters. They have the little sailing montage before that when That's true. the ocean sticks Maui with the dart that causes him to be paralyzed. Yes, God, <laughs> that I I forgot about that. And I was like, that's really actually wrong. Oh, well, let's let's so frame wrong. it. Let's frame it like this. Um, I mean the. The, the the pee jokes are kind of dumb. Fish pee in you every day. It's like, okay, okay. okay that, part, that one was a little funny. <laughs> that one was a little funny, but yeah. It, it's, no, but that's where you start going, did somebody working in the script have a thing for this? Uh, oh! Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a, that was a weird bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like this was an immature joke that they're like let's throw this in for the kids i guess mm-hmm. they're like 
but I, but I agree that I, it was funny. I'd completely forgotten about it. And then when that came up, I had this moment of, whoa, I don't know about that Disney. That's a, yeah. That's, that's a little bit much. That's yeah. a little bit much. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well, um, so Realm of Monsters. Yeah. Yeah. The Realm of Monsters. This is a good. So this Realm of. The Realm of Monsters is, is rad. I, it, Again, it feel it is a random encounter, but I love it because I. Well, I mean, they they need to get the hook. Yes, mm-hmm. like the hook is lost, so it's not really random. They they have a goal. They're like, okay, Maui's like, okay, here's the deal. I want my hook back. You want this thing to happen? We get the hook. I'll help you with this part. This is where again the pacing because it's, they could have spent so much more time in that realm because yeah. there was so much mm-hmm. there and the and it's just it they just don't have time they have they just have to do their thing in their musical number and move on but uh-huh. uh originally there was a scene I guess where they had lengthened it out with them like you know tricking other monsters and moving past them yeah uh, and it's like yeah that would have been so that would have been cool you know you got this whole little area. Mm-hmm. And, and and this and this lore heavy place and then you just you just have to move on from it so fast we're essentially just introduced into this like whole other world and we we hardly spent any time in it at all it was like it's very disappointing mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah that, that's the that's that like i said this is where the pacing issues come from unfortunately in my yeah opinion. the honestly there were some really cool monster designs in here i love that thing that has like almost like a mask tiki mask for a face oh yeah oh that thing's creepy mm-hmm. that one's good actually yeah. a lot of these monsters are really creepy and i love uh-huh. the designs yeah but I- i'm with you I- it would have been yeah. nice if like maybe the rest of the movie took place in the realm of monsters or something and that they actually had to like to be actually takes place around i don't know I mean, I know the realm of monsters is a part of Polynesian mythology. Like, that's an actual thing in Polynesian mythology. Mm. But, I mean, what a cool design. What an interesting, strange place. Like, ah. Uh, and I, it's it's unfortunate that Tomatoa is um, only just, like, he's not a villain. He's a... There, it's he's a, an antagonist. An antagonist. antagonist. He's a wall or a block. Because... He's an obstacle obstacle that's the yes. word but tomatoa is like kind of one of my favorite parts of the movie in general because so, it's tomatoa and it's jermaine clements and he sings the best song <laughs> oh in the movie i dare this you is to tell where, me otherwise so david this, is where if this was an anime there would have been like <laughs> this would have been an arc and there would have been like at least 12 episodes set on <laughs> this crab like 100 okay. oh yeah this is it, this is a filler arc in one piece i i need to talk mm-hmm. about th- i need to talk about this because i really love this part okay no absolutely so tomatoa's voice as you mentioned by jermaine clements dave and i are both fly of the concords fans <laughs> and it's i remember vividly you and i watching this film and we hear we hear it and you're like oh hi jermaine clements what are you doing here and all of a sudden he starts singing and we're like did they just sneak like basically a flight of the concords song in here like this is a flight of the concords song without a doubt in my well it's not an actual song by flight of the concords but it has that energy yeah and i'm like this is someone knew he was going to sing this i i was like whoever the songwriters are because i didn't know i i'll admit i didn't really know who lin-manuel miranda was at this time Mm -hmm. and i'm like whoever the songwriter is knew who Jermaine Clements is, because this is clearly a Fly of the Concords type song. So I looked it up. 
Not only Lin Manuel Miranda is a huge fan of Flight of the Concourse, and that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, when he wrote this song, uh, he based this off of so Flight of the Concourse did kind of a uh, David Bowie tribute. Bowie's in space, <laughs> and he based it off that. But then not only that, at this time the song was being written, David Bowie had just passed away. And Lin-Manuel Miranda was listening to David Bowie's songs on repeat. So that's why the song sounds Bowie-esque. It has a very glam rock kind of yeah. vibe to it. And it, of course, it would be glam rock because it's all about being shiny. Yes. He did write it knowing Jermaine Clemens was going to sing it. Fun fact, too, when they did the Maori language version of Moana, Jermaine also sang the song in Maori. So I didn't know this because... Uh, when I saw that, like, they casted everyone, they said, oh, yeah, most of the cast is of Polynesian descent. I was like, yeah, probably except for Alan Tudyk and Jermaine Clements. No, Jermaine Clements is full uh, Maori. Yeah. I mean, we knew he was I from was, New Zealand, but we didn't. I was surprised by this. <laughs> I'm just having and, a, and he knows the language. I'm like, wow. I just have a hard time picturing the man who's saying, you know, you're the most beautiful, beautiful girl, girl in the room. <laughs> You, you could be a part time but you gotta. <laughs> you're definitely gonna want to keep your normal job. But oh yeah, it's like the only flight of the Congress song that I know. Yeah, how the lyrics goes? Uh, you're so beautiful, like a tree or, or a high class, class prostitute. prostitute. Oh my goodness! Why um, do we, we need to sing that at karaoke next? Time. Yes, we yes, do. we do. Okay. <laughs> Like say, that's kind of a, that's kind of sad because like the first so i went to like look at this guy up as you're talking about him because i honestly don't know him because i don't know celebrities at all mm-hmm. but it was like sadly what came up is jermaine clements recalls his terrible first talk show experience on jimmy's late night show oh no shares the disappointing reaction he got after revealing he vo- voices tamatoa to moana fans like poor guy like <laughs> Aww. 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 i I love Tomatoa. I don't care what anyone says. This bit is great. Jermaine is a perfect casting choice for this character. I actually really love the... It, we almost get into, like, Dr. Facilier territory when the lights go out and he starts getting the phosphorescent glow. I mm-hmm. love that bit. And I yes. also love how when they trick him, when Moana specifically tricks him into grabbing what he thinks is the heart, he's just like, oh, it's just a rock that she covered with... Pho- it's a barnacle that she's covered with phosphorescent <laughs> algae. My favorite you know, little bit know, from him is uh, when they're like going back up to the surface and he's like, did you at least like the song? I was like, no. <laughs> Quick aside, because I'm a geek like this, I find it funny because Jermaine Clements' uh, partner for Flight of the Corn Cars, or like uh, the, because the Flight of the Corn Cars is a duo, is uh, Brett McKenzie, who, let's not forget, is an Academy Award winner for writing, for Best Rose Song for writing the song Man or Muppet for the Muppet movie. <laughs> Or the the Muppets, sorry. And yeah. then he's also Figwit from The Lord of the Rings. Oh my god. <laughs> the character that people are like, that's a hot elf. Where did he come from? <laughs> oh my god. Oh. I will say what's what's interesting is I I'm I kinda I fall into the category of I actually did not like Tomatoa the first time I saw the movie. Okay. But the second time he grew, like I was kinda like yeah, okay. He I I like this song and he and he's and he's kind of like this fun little obstacle like you said. And I do think it was because I already knew the pacing of the mm-hmm. movie going into it, so it didn't bother me the way it did when I first watched it. So it was like it it, it felt like a completely different experience with with him the second time. So that was nice. That's good. 
in this in this podcast we stand tomato we stand tomato <laughs> so they get out of there with maui's hook maui has maui's a little bit rusty at um transforming so there's some coaching and yeah i mean most this is like what montage number two this is the pacing yep yeah, yeah. Oh, this is the other one where I felt it because I was again I had forgotten a little bit about this movie and I was like, doesn't he have problems with his with his hook? I thought it was after spoiler alerts it gets broken the first time. Oh yeah. For some reason, and then it's like, no, no, he has this this arc that lasts all of five minutes where he can't use it right. And again, this is where if they had had more time, it, I God, he he need, I want it more. I want him to. I he he's such an interesting character and he just doesn't have any time to that that is they don't explore his character arc enough like oh it hurts oh it hurts because there's this there's this notion that's brought up later where he he thinks the hook is what makes him Mm -hmm. and like this would have been a really great to like go into death like to like to just like have him learn like okay my hook's not working and then have him like accomplish something without the hook you know to like to have that to like okay moana might have some some reason like okay i am more than just my hook you know instead of just moana telling him that well i mean that's that's one of the key points of the movie is that it's what they have in common is like you're not you know people are saying you know this is what makes you you but no it's your like your own things like what makes you you like like maui is greater than like the whole idea that maui just because he was you know abandoned by his own parents and was you know saved by the gods and given the hook like that's not what makes him maui it's the deeds is what he does that makes him maui he didn't need oh gosh that part where where he's talking to moana about his his stories like i have to do all this because i just want to be well yeah good enough that's yeah yeah. i'm trying not to jump ahead but there there is a moment closer to the end that that really just oh it hurts me so much as a writer because because it bothers me but i want to hold on to it until we get to that scene i, I kind of uh, want to I, I think i know what you're talking about well, but... I, I don't mind you bringing it up because we, we were okay. basically closing in on it because they've had the, the montage they've they've cheered each other up they're kind of recognizing like the strengths in each other and how they can like be their own made people or whatever and then they close in on the island where um tafiti was and we finally get more of taka looking pretty awesome this part feels weird and rushed. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to go for the thing. No, don't go for the thing. Bam. Oh, and now we have a falling out. You know what this feel? I feel like this is kind of a, I just realized, is this, isn't this a bit hero's journey? It is. Oh, it's very, like, it's in very the, like, Joseph Campbell. It's very Joseph Campbell. Cause I feel like there is, if I recall in the whole, here's how you follow the hero's journey. There's always a like part where it's like, Oh, you fail. The the hero fails. Yeah, and then has to regroup, and then comes back again. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's one hundred percent. So, so you you also think this part is paced weirdly, and, and it almost happens too fast. And and this isn't even the one that bothers me the most, but yep, it, it also kind of ranks up there. But but What's it's actually part? what it, it's it's what it leads to that bothers me the most, and that's when he comes back out of nowhere. Yeah, it drives mm-hmm. me nuts and i'd forgotten about it and when it happens i was like that's it that's the point of why i was disappointed in this movie right there that we don't damn scene. <laughs> we go we don't get to see maui having like second thoughts like i think it'd be almost awesome if he was like you so you we cut to him for a moment and we had him arguing with the tattoo or something or yeah, i was gonna say it's such an easy fix it's 100 an easy fix just have him leaving and the tattoos like we have to go back for her 
you know, he's like tugging on him as he does like in his, uh, on the art. And he's like, no, we're not doing that. And like, maybe he just is like, has this moment of like, cause he wants to be a hero. Right. And he's like, you can't, you can't ab- be abandon your friends and be a hero. Right. Yeah. It could have been so good and it could have made sense and they don't do it. And it hurts. Oh, it hurts because it's so obvious to me. It's oh. it's frustrating. I, I feel you there. I just feel like all we had this build up and then but just because Moana Moana went for it and Ma, Maui told her no, it didn't feel like enough of a conflict to make well, I mean, even though his hook nearly got broken in the process, like I don't know. Mm-hmm. The part that I think is interesting in this bit is when Moana's actually talking to the ocean and says, You you need to choose someone else. And the ocean just goes, Okay, and takes the heart and mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. I thought that was actually an interesting bit. I'm like, okay, cool. The ocean accepted that she's not that. And it takes grandma manta ray. Yeah. Grandma manta ray to come visit her and say, yeah, go home. You're it's okay. You can give up. That's fine. And then she's like, why are you hesitating? Uh, this part. So this scene, uh, I guess it's called the reprise. Yeah. The reprise is probably one of the most visually stunning things I have seen in a Disney animated feature in a very long time. It is, like, I, this was one of the few times I actually got chills looking at this animation and how gorgeous it is with, like, the spirits of the Voyagers and then her singing and the reflections. And I'm just like, it's so beautiful like it's kind it's insanely gorgeous and the music just enhances it yeah every this this part is actually really fascinating because i like that they're on this like they're on this black completely almost completely still ocean Mm -hmm. with a completely star speckled sky so like you can't really almost can't tell where one ends and the other begins Mm -hmm. and then that leads into that moment where where the voyagers the 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 spirits of the voyagers come through as she's singing and yeah it's powerful again that that, the voice actress just nails it with the singing man yeah you gotta nail it with when she belts out i am moana yeah it just and it it is like that is a feat of animation with the water and the reflection and in the spirits. I think this is the movie that made me realize, wow, look at how far we have come mm-hmm. with animation and what we've been able to accomplish. Well, especially CG. Yes. This, especially in the CG era of Disney. Because it's one thing we were always going like, wow, 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 with each of the animated ones. Because we knew how much effort went into it with multi-pane camera movements and like mm-hmm. different color pops and the way that they had to animate everything by hand. And we haven't done it that much. We haven't talked about it as much, I feel like, or done as much service to it with the CG. It's here you really I feel like there you see it cresting really properly into like this really moving art mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say and others it, haven't done it, it before but this is this is the time this stuck out to, to to us this actually felt like an artistic piece rather than like it, it it's actually animation as art rather than just animation to tell a story i feel like at this point mm-hmm. and again the scene probably took a million years to write <laughs> yeah. every time like god <laughs> the t- yeah, again the technical the technical like artist in me who knows this stuff is just like this took for freaking ever uh-huh. to get to get right and to render out perfectly and it and it does it looks stunning like kudos to the to the effects team yeah for everything they did it's insane man it's very good um 
So we're, we're getting close to the end here. I think we can probably wrap this up in a neat bow. What do you think? I mean, to, yeah. to get closer to the end, you guys like how the scene was chills for you. For me, the, the, the part where she's walking across the parted water and singing, that's the scene that gives me chills. That is, Ooh, all, yeah. Yeah. That is also another scene that that's gives me favorite. chills as well, too. That is, that yeah, is also- That's probably all my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah, I mean, let, let's get to that. Because like, we have where she- uses her skills her new found skills as a sailor she's now she has to do it on her own and what's great is like ultimately it's not maui who has to put the heart back it's her mm-hmm. she has to do it she didn't need maui at all to be yeah <laughs> well yeah. i mean he taught her to sail and taught her like some confidence in herself so he had to he but, had to do some hero stuff what... to like help her survive like the kakamura and you know stuff like that she didn't need to go to tamatoa that was all maui's thing but it's kind of interesting when you when you think about it that uh, besides the fact that he serves as mentor, he it what he didn't have to do it. He she did, and that just hit me in terms of like, yeah, he didn't have to do it. <laughs> yeah, there's no it's no it's not a and it also helps it feel like it's where it's not a chosen one narrative because the idea was like she keeps saying Maui's going to be the one to restore the heart Maui 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 and Moana just does it. Because also Moana is the one who realizes in that moment, that beautiful moment, that Taka and Tafiti are the same person. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. Taka is just the pissed off version of Tafiti. She didn't have her stickers bar. You know? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so oh. here, I mean, I'm willing to like give the floor for this one if you want to talk about what it what it is about it is so good. It's just like, but I think you, I don't know, you nailed it. It's just it's the slow-mo it's the music it's Mm -hmm. them coming toward each other and then that moment where she just puts her forehead against Takaz like it's really good Mm -hmm. it's really Mm -hmm. pretty it's a very powerful moment just because like we though like I don't know just like I I, but the part that I picture is like where we where you see Taka like like realizing oh I can get to her now and just like dragging herself towards her and and Moana maybe you think she's confident but like i don't know there's this fear of like okay she knows what she has to do and she's just gonna go straight forward into it she doesn't know like if it's safe i don't know there's just there's just a lot of emotion i love the yeah. scene yeah oh it's great and i think the, the them- thought that crossed my mind is like <laughs> oh moana like i don't think i would have been willing to stare down a lava monster coming towards me that fast like <laughs> yeah it's a lot of guts to mm. believe that it's okay she's gonna remember mm-hmm. and calm down once she gets close to me yeah the, the uh, and, and, and the moment beautifully the, animated yeah the fact that it's almost a it's both a callback with the song kind of echoey version of the that first song and also um the fact that she's in a very similar situation to almost how she was as a child where the water is parted around her and she's walking on the sand like that's cool Mm -hmm. that's really cool that's like great storytelling right there too like that callback um but yes tafiti is restored um i like that neither taka nor tafiti have dialogue yeah that would have completely ruined it if they did yeah yeah Yeah, there was no reason there was no reason for it yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know if i mean it does i mean it wraps up nicely um the heart of tafiti is head back Maui, they go their separate ways. Moana goes back to her island, continues as her role as chief, and unfortunately doesn't get her tattoos. It doesn't get her tattoo. Yeah, I think that's just where I, I again, the the where the pacing thing is 
God, I wish Maui had gotten a proper character arc because he is such a flawed character mm-hmm. in the beginning, and I just don't have the time to explore him thoroughly. And then, and then they just kind of part at the end, and that's that. And that kind of made me sad too because I was like, "But why? What are you doing? Where are you going?" Eh, don't know. And it, just because the hero's journey, the mentor has to leave now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, at least at least he didn't die like a lot of people <laughs> well now he can't die maui's a demigod for the most part i like this film i mm-hmm. um i enjoy it but you are right the pacing in this is not good and i feel like maui's portrayed so much as a main character but you are right he's he, he, despite being seen as a main character he's not exactly treated like a main character if that makes sense i don't know like uh yeah i know it's supposed to be moana's story we're supposed to follow moana but when i when i read back in the production history the idea was it's supposed to be like true grit this uh <laughs> that's <laughs> what they said they said it's like true what grit. what <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> they actually use those words <laughs> i'm so confused even is this so the movie True Grit is basically about this like young girl and this older man going on an adventure. Uh-huh. It's that similar. Oh, that's all. That's really the only That's the only thing. It's like True Grit, but <laughs> It's like True Grit except not at all like True Grit. <laughs> I was going to say but not but I imagined not problematic because I think I think I know which movie you're talking about, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's it's the one with the 14-year-old girl and she hires a what was it, like a some cowboy? I don't know. It's a cowboy. <laughs> uh, well, even so, um, yeah. But yeah, it it is because again, like here's the thing that's interesting is he is a mentor, but he is he is so flawed. He's not like a a wise person. Like no. the spiritual knowledge all comes from grandma. You yes, know? and 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 it's just like the the sailing know how that kind of comes from him. And again, I just I just so wish they had just had a little more time to spend on him because again he has a character arc but it feels very unearned in the end because again we don't have that feeling of why did you come back all of a sudden what motivated you what moved you and we know he wants to be a hero but I don't know we don't get that sense that that's what necessarily drove him back to, to go finish things and again all they had to do was take a scene of having some introspection with himself and it and it would have worked and they didn't do it they did not do it no i I think you're right this probably would have worked very well as a tv show Mm. i still think it works like again i enjoyed it more the second time i the pacing doesn't hit me the same i it doesn't bother me i think to the same degree it's definitely not on my list of movies that i think are are not worth discussing like we've talked about movies from disney in this podcast where i'm like geez what was what was this all about this was kind of pointless but like you know this, this is a, it's a good movie like it's a good movie good. but yeah. with a lot of flaws is uh-huh. how I put it. and yeah. it's but as far as like a movie for kids specifically like it's i think it's just it's great for kids because they're not going to notice a lot of the nitpicks yes and you know like i said i think the characters are are overall really great more role models especially moana like moana is a great mm-hmm. character yeah. uh so mm-hmm. like it, and i and i do think it's a it's like i do think it's better than like frozen as a story like mm-hmm. constructed so i it, I, 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 I i will say i don't 
it's not as tightly written as other movies on this. And I love a good tightly written story where everything comes together really nicely. I'm like, Ooh, that's good. That's good. But, um, here, uh, yeah, I mean, I can, I can forgive it. And again, I think it needs to be acknowledged that this, this is Disney doing, this is them actually finally getting it right when it comes to, or at least really getting a, a handle on it when it comes to representation. Mm-hmm. I feel or like cultural representation. or cultural, I meant cultural representation. Cause they, yeah. Or they, at least they're definitely now more on the right track. Yeah. That's they, what I, that's what I'm saying. Then, it's not like, I think we, I think it gets, I think it's going to get better. Yeah. And, and yeah, we we're going to talk about Encanto. So. Yeah. I think Encanto, they actually, they, they handle that a lot better. I have my, that's, I have my. It, it, it's good. It's good that Disney is actually, you know, I give them credit for that much uh, that, it does feel like we've come a long way from Pocahontas, like you were saying. Yeah, I mean, oh. as long as they don't start trying to trademark holidays, oh. Oh, holidays again, uh, you know, they're the great improvement. And gods, that was the other And thing. gods, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, yeah, be was... right. <laughs> and that's the problem. There's, there's, there's artistic Disney, and then there's always corporate Disney. And there's corporate Disney. Disney which, gives- as Disney fans for us, it is such a hard love and hate relationship yeah oh yeah because i i do want to bring up like one of the things that was mentioned in a in a video i watched was this movie for as much as they, they're like trying to be pro uh you know they 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 did like buy a bunch of stuff i think it was in hawaii and built a huge resort over there at oh, the time yeah. of this movie and it's like wow what uh what timing that you decided to do this as moana is coming out that's that's fantastic disney yeah <laughs> We're at a, again. There is a diff, there is corporate Disney, and then we have we're we're focusing on uh, for this podcast Walt Disney Animation Studios, mm-hmm. and we're trying to focus as much on the art that it's presented and its history. So as we are coming what into the like favorite? the end of this, as we're getting closer to the end of the current run, although I mean there will be more in the future. It's just interesting to look back and see like, and even doing this podcast has enlightened me to just like how corporate and flawed the system was even back in the 40s when we had the Mm. writer's strike when we had walt being like very anti-union you know like just like the crazy stuff not much unfortunately not much has changed in that respect but the meat the art the animation feature animation medium as a whole is more what i'm curious about with this but we can't we can't ignore the the gross corporate parts of disney and yeah, it does put us in an awkward place as fans of the animation medium. So I I, I do miss two D animation. Yeah, I look forward oh. to coming back to that at some point, maybe when we visit a different uh, animation studio. But yeah, oh my gosh, y'all, this has been fun, and we've been here for a while. But <laughs> I think maybe it goes we should... fast. It does, yeah. Um, I always like to make sure that we our uh, our guests get an opportunity to give plugs. So, my friends, what would you like to share with our listeners? Uh, over on the Creative Horror Network, we just launched a new podcast uh, that I am helping produce and edit called The Jamison Tapes. If you enjoy drinking and watching horror movies with your friends, come listen to Aviz Me and Alan do exactly that. We just recorded our third episodes, and they were thoroughly drunk for it (laughs) i don't know how i'm gonna they like it it was it's uh it was a good thing i was there on the sidelines to like feed them information 
information on what they just watched. That's good. I don't know. It's it's good. It's a great time. We're having a lot of fun with it. I really enjoyed the pilot. Like I really enjoyed the pilot episode. So I'm looking forward to this. You're it, it needs to be acknowledged just how much effort you're putting into this as the editor. So kudos to you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's that's my plug. Please check that out. Uh, this is, I guess I'll plug. Uh, I I stream Dead by Daylight. If uh, nice. anyone watching is interested in that, uh, and I stream it under the name Vivid Vel V I V I D V E L L. So, uh, if you Perfect. if you like killer gameplay, I am a killer main. So uh, huh? I need I, and I need I need to actually stream more, but my schedule got wonky. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I I always enjoy finding people who love to play that game and uh, you know just like to chill. So. Excellent. So next month we will be discussing, and I'm so sorry, David. Ralph breaks the internet. Oh, it's that oh. is next month. And <laughs> oh dear, oh, well, fun. <laughs> and then, uh, but it's a double movie. Uh, we got a double movie feature. We have an Animusings Plus. Is this the last Animusings Plus? This is the last Animusings Plus. Oh. Right? So, so the movie, these two movies actually came out so close together. I feel, I think we have to discuss them in the same month. And this is um, Mary Poppins Returns. Mm, okay. Interesting. All right. I have no idea what to expect with this one, but yeah. we'll see. I've never seen that movie before. I have, unfortunately, seen Ralph Breaks the Internet. As have I. But we'll be revisiting that one. <sighs> well, I'm glad we got to do this one before that. It was a nice palate cleanser. It feels like a strange chapter that is folded over in my head for this. That said, uh, I think it's time we chart a course and move on to distant islands. What do you all think? Sounds good. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, Woo! don't forget to bring the dumb chicken, though. It's very yeah, important I'm, we have the I'm dumb chicken. I'm bringing the pig. I'm bringing the pig this time. We, we have enough room for the pig this time. Yeah, we know the way. To all who come to this happy podcast, welcome. Nothing new is something new. That great poets imitate and improve. Where our small ones steal and spoil. Hi, I'm Andrew. And I'm Justin. And if it wasn't readily apparent at that, we're huge nerds about remakes. That's why we're doing the Nothing New Podcast. Once a month, we'll sit down and talk about a remake in detail and its original, covering them in whatever order they come out, from Wizard of Oz to It and beyond. They're remaking Stuart Gordon's 1986 sci-fi horror classic from beyond? Oh, no. Not yet. Oh, that's going to be a long time coming. Anyway, if that sounds up your alley, come join Justin and I, and maybe a guest or two, to explore the wonderful world of remakes, film by film. Remakes have been done forever. People talk, but Scarface don't even know that was a remake. Oh, nicely said. Don't thank me. Thank Antoine Fuqua. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.